Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is time for another edition of the Ruckus Podcast. I'm your host, Jay. With me, as always, my girl, RB. We have another great show planned for you tonight. Tonight, you've seen the Ruckus being brought on Facebook. Tonight, we got none other than future Hall of Famer Eddie Mustafa Muhammad to break down the non-social media version of his beef with Badu Jack. If you're on social media and you follow us, you probably have seen it, too. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to get into our predictions for a packed weekend of fights. Some good fights going on this weekend. So we will talk about Mm -hmm. that. But before we get too far into it, let me bring on the baddest chick I know, (laughs) Michelle Rosado. What's going on, RB? What's good, Jay? What's good? Big fight weekend this weekend. I will be in Inglewood with Jay. We will be taping some live segments of jaywalking and know it or blow it. So if you're out in Inglewood, if you see us in L.A., make sure you play and stop with us and talk to us. We're going to have a good time out there. We're going to have fun. We might be walk. We might see walk. We're probably going to RB walk. That's what we're going to be doing (laughs) this weekend in L.A. for the Chocolatito versus Quadras card or Quadras versus Chocolatito card that's going down at the Forum in Inglewood. If you are tuned into the show tonight and you want to call in and talk to us, make sure you dial the number 718-508-9852 and press 1. If we have a chance to take some calls tonight, because this will be pretty, pretty lit and we got a packed card, uh, packed show, so we will try to pick up as many people as possible. So let's jump right into these topics because uh, we have a feeling the interview with uh, Eddie Mustafa Muhammad is going to be kind of lengthy. Let's just start off with... Uh, few little news briefs that have been floating around today. Vladimir Klitschko versus Tyson Fury 2 has finally been rescheduled and finalized for October 29th. As you may recall, the rematch was postponed after Tyson Fury injured his ankle during a run and he posted a picture of a big fat ankle on <laughs> social media to go along with his big fat gut. And then he was having some issues with a doping test. Ultimately, he was able to clear his name, but He is still subject to UK anti-doping, anti-doping procedures for the fight. So I thought he heard his foot putting it in his mouth two times, but he heard it running legitimately. And so now the fight is back on. How it plays out, when we get closer to fight date, our BNI will give our predictions on that one. Keeping on with the topic of doping, Felix Sturm of Germany, middleweight Felix Sturm, is facing three years in prison, not a ban, but in prison after testing positive for the, an anabolic steroid in the fight against Chudinov. Triple G wanted that fight with Felix Stern, but he didn't get it, so maybe it wasn't a bad thing he didn't get it. If he won, that's a good thing, but it's against a, a drugged-up guy. If he lost, he lost to a guy on steroids, which would have been terrible for his career. So that's a couple news briefs. What you got over there on your side of the desk, Arby? Yeah, three years in prison, you know, that's tough, that's tough. Uh, well, some good news over there at Golden Boy Promotions for Eric Gomez. Eric Gomez is, was the matchmaker over there. It was announced today that he is now the president 
of Golden Boy Promotions. Oscar De La Hoya remains in charge. He's the CEO of everything. Eric will now run the day-to-day operations of the business. So congratulations to Eric Gomez. Super awesome guy. He's been in the business for many, many, many years. He's always been Oscar's right-hand man through thick and thin. He has been there for Oscar. Cleaned up a lot of the mess when a lot of that messy stuff was going on a couple years ago. So he's a trooper. He's a rider. Um, Some sad news today is that Bobby Chacon, um, former featherweight, super featherweight world champion, died this morning at the age of 64. Um, he had long suffered from some effects of brain damage. He was known to be a terrific fighter. He was a huge, huge draw at the forum. Many people called him like the Otoro Gotti before there was Otoro Gotti. So um, a lot of love for him. And RIP Bobby Chacon. Yes, we're going to take a quick 10 count for Bobby Chacon. Rest in peace, Bobby Chacon. So that is the latest news that has been on the news front for boxing. Of course, it's busy fight week, so there's lots of stories spinning around of who should fight who and who shouldn't and whatnot. But let's just focus on who is actually fighting who. I, I can't believe we made it a whole day without a boxer calling out Conor McGregor. So bravo boxing everybody managed not to say conor mcgregor in a news story today everybody focused on people who actually practice the sweet science so that's pretty cool why don't we take a quick commercial break and when we come back we will jump into it with the man himself eddie elijah eddie mustafa muhammad are you looking for a website that has all the latest and upcoming boxing events plus unique and stylish boxing shirts and hoodies for men and women? Go check out RagingBabe.com. It's your one-stop shop for the most current boxing info and fresh boxing apparel for him and her. Shop online today at RagingBabe.com. Use the promo code RB20 at checkout for 20% off your entire purchase today. That's code RB20 or 20% off your entire purchase today. Only at RagingBabe.com. So join the movement and see why attitude and loyalty become passion and determination only at RagingBabe.com. And we are back. You are listening to the Rockets podcast with RB and J. It's been a very interesting week on social media. We see it with our own friends and family with their back and forth and their beefs with whomever in the family made the potato salad they didn't like, whoever's kid had the wrong socks on, whatever. But social media beef reached a new height this week in boxing when trainer Eddie Mustafa Muhammad took to Facebook to express his disdain from being what he says fired from Badu Jack's camp by a text message. This really took some front page news this week, RB, right? Yeah, it really did. I think we were all kind of shocked. You know, we saw Badu Jack, Badu Jack get knocked out a few years ago, and the next thing you know, he came back, comeback fighter of the year. He got some really notable wins under his belt. Um, and then I think we were all just kind of shocked to hear that he was leaving Eddie Mustafa. And Eddie took to Facebook, and you could tell he's hurt and he's bitter, and he did a little bit of name-calling, this, that, and the third. And so we just wanted to talk to Eddie to get, you know, his off-the-social-media 
um, views on how this happened and how did this text message come in. And uh, we just got some really authentic stuff from him. Absolutely. So why don't we jump right into it? And here is our interview with Eddie Mustafa Muhammad. Tonight on The Ruckus, we're joined by future Hall of Fame fighter and trainer Eddie Mustafa Muhammad. Welcome to The Ruckus, Eddie. It's good to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's good to talk to you. You've been bringing the ruckus yourself in a real way over the last few days on Facebook, so we wanted to talk to you a little bit more about what's happening between you and Baju Jack, so let's just jump right into it. From what I understand, there was a text message exchange between the two of you ending your relationship. Can you tell us exactly what the text message said? Well, it just basically, it wasn't, we didn't text back and forth because I had uh, Badu at my daughter's shower. Mm-hmm. My daughter, Melissa's having twins. So I invited all the guys, and, you know, their spouses to uh, join us and celebrating the birth of my two grandkids. Uh-huh. So we we had a good time. We had a great time. Me and Badu talked for like about an hour. Mm-hmm. Everything was nice. He brought his daughter, and uh, it was perfect. We had a great night. Everybody laughed and joked and talked mm. and ate and did what, you know, parents do and supposedly friends do. Right. So, yeah, so maybe like, maybe like about a, a day. I was in the bed sleeping. You know, I don't. I woke up at two o'clock. Put it that way. I woke up at like two o'clock, and uh, there was a text on my phone, and the text said, "I don't know how to tell you this." You know, that's why I have to text you. I could not Um, tell you face-to-face. And he told me, he said, that uh, I have to terminate you. mm -hmm. He wanted wanted, uh, Lou DelVal to take over as head trainer. So... Yeah, so we're going to get into this guy, Lou DeVal, because uh, we don't really know much of him. Um, we kind of seen him in the corner a couple times in a couple of your fights, but uh, Badu also did an interview stating that, you know, he feels like that he has improved with Lou, but you guys weren't seen eye to eye. So what can you tell us about Lou Divide? Me and Lou always saw eye to eye. There was nothing wrong with me and Lou. You know what I'm saying? Listen. Lou has a problem. He has a problem. Uh, A drug problem, an alcohol problem? What kind of problem? I don't... Well, from what I understand, when he comes into the corner, he, you know, he smells alcohol. And I've seen him drinking a lot of times. You know, I've seen Lou drink. I've seen him drunk. He come to the corner one time when Badu fought. Uh, Lucha Boutte, 
smelling like alcohol. Mm. You know, so yeah, I mean it's bad. And every time I tell Lou, Lou, you gotta you gotta cut that out. You know, we we got a champion, and we wanna keep him champion. You can't come in the to the corner like that. You know, and you always tell me, well, I'm going to rehab. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Okay. When are you going to go to rehab? You know, I didn't want to bring that out. Well, maybe that's what Badu wants somebody in his corner. Now, I'm not angry at Lou because I can handle the corner without Lou. It's not a problem. Yeah, we know that. Yeah. But I want to see, I'm trying to help Lou, you know, because we got a good prospect. You know, I told him, I said, uh, listen, Lou, I'll take you to the hospital. Because he, Lou told me that he was urinating blood. Mm. So I said, Lou, I can take you to the hospital. You know, I don't see Lou as a threat to what I do. You know, I don't see him as a threat. <clears throat> I don't have no animosity against Luke. You know, I'm just trying to keep a a, a sane corner. Yeah. So, Eddie, you know, let me ask you, since you mentioned that, did you ever mention to Badu about his issues in the corner with being drunk? Did you guys ever discuss that? We discussed it a lot. Let me tell you. We were in a corner. There's two instances when Lou came into the corner that he was a little intoxicated where he told, first and foremost, we uh, were fighting, uh, we was fighting uh, George Groves. And Louie came into the corner again. He was intoxicated. And he told Badu, he told Badu, this was around the eighth or ninth, eighth or ninth round. He told Badu, listen, Badu, I know you're tired. Why would you tell a fighter that he's tired? Yeah, yeah. And Badu even screamed at Lou, I'm not tired. I'm not tired. And if you can get the two tapes about uh, George Groves. He did it in the George Groves fight, and he did it also in the Boutte fight. He literally told Badu, I know you're tired, both times. So why do you think that this, so why do you think this is happening now? Do you think Lou kind of pressured him into and, and just making him, you know, the the only trainer in the corner, do you think he's undercutting, you know, percentage-wise? I mean, why did this happen now? I can't tell you, but like I said, it happened twice. That Badu just cut us off. And it, Badu said, he told me in the text that, you know, he felt, that he couldn't have two trainers in the corner. 
because it was costing him too much. Um, you were and breaking up. Said, you you were breaking up a little bit there, Eddie. He said in a text message that it was costing him too much to have two trainers. Is that what he said? That's exactly what he said. Mhm. You know, I got the text, but I do got the text. You know, we put the text on <clears throat> Facebook. Well, look, I can, I, I honestly. I honestly just kind of feel your hurt and, and a little bit of bitterness on Facebook because he definitely was comeback fighter of the year last year. I mean, we all saw him get knocked out uh, a couple years ago where he was face down, ass up on the canvas. And next thing you know, he comes back as comeback fighter and he beat Darrell, Groves, Boutte. I mean, you did a really, really phenomenal job with him. So, I mean, we understand why you're upset, and I think that you're on a mission now. Um, I think we read that you're with the Nevada Commission to try to put a motion in effect about trainer-fighter contracts. So why was there no contract between you and Badu? Managers have contracts, promoters have contracts, but trainers always seem to get the short end of the stick. Because I believe in my work. My work has been so that I've made about 10 champions. Why should I need a contract? Mm. I believe in my work. You know, I, I listen, I took guys with 11 fights, Michael Bent, and made him heavyweight champion when he knocked out Tommy Marson. I don't need a contract. I believe in my work. You know, I mean, I had a lot of mm. champions. Chad Dawson, you know, you name, you name them. I had a lot of champions. I feel, why should I need a contract? If you come to me and I make you champion, yeah, you know, I mean, it's on, it's on the popping, you know. And I listen, I raised Badu like my son. You know, Badu's father, who lives in Sweden, texted me and told me that when Badu is in Sweden, he's my son. Hmm. He's they, when Badu is in Las Vegas, he's your son. Why would I need a contract when his own father tells me this? I know, but you know, boxing I guess is just so shady, and a lot of times these fighters make these moves and they leave people left and right. And you know, the trainers are the ones that are in the gym every day, hours and hours and wedding and going and going through that whole grind and it's amazing to me that there's not anything in place to protect trainers because then the fighter gets to a certain level and we've seen this happen to other trainers not just you the fighter gets to a certain level and then they feel like it's time to move on they feel like it's time to get a new trainer and then the new trainers reaping the benefits of these huge paydays i mean badu's going to get a huge payday his next fight you know i really don't care that he fired me, I was just hurt because yeah. I introduced him to my family as he introduced me to his family. And I thought, you know, remember, he was just at my daughter's. Yeah, that's hurt. Mm-hmm. That was, that's it's the the money part. I don't think that the hurt at the part you know is is ever hurt as him. Betraying me, mm-hmm. and remember, I was just with him, you know, at the, my my daughter's uh, shower. 
You know, you how could you do something like that? Mm. I mean, how could the, what hurt me bad is the text. Theoda came to me in my face and tell me, mm. you know, about the, you know. I mean, I wouldn't care. The, the, I'm gonna always big buddy. I think you know. And listen, I think that I am one of the top five in the trainers in the world. You know, and mm-hmm. I work hard, and I work smart. You know, when Louis Duval came above, he said, he told me, he said, Champ, I'm, I am not going to interfere with you and Badu. He said, you're doing a good job, and we, I'm just going to be the Padman. And I said, no problem, Lou. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. Oh man, it, it was it went crazy. Have you have you? I'm sorry. Have you seen Lou Divide in the gym since all this happened? Has he spoken to you at all? Let me explain something to you. When I first walked in the gym, Lou Divide jumped off of the couch in the gym and ran to me like Jim Brown getting ready to tackle somebody. And he said, this is his exact words. Champ, I did not do it to you. I did not tell uh, Badu to fire you. He said, man, look here. It was all Badu doing. He says, I told Badu you're doing the wrong thing by firing me. You know, he, he, I mean, he just jumped up and looked like he lost his mind, you know. <laughs> He said, I, I told him not to fire you, but he did it anyway. Eddie, do you think that this, Badu knew that he had these problems with drinking? You guys discussed it on different occasions. Do you think he was undercutting you with what? Badu Dr. knew Lou's problem. Let me explain something to you. We were in Washington, D.C., fighting uh, Boutte. Lucien Boutte, Badu was defending the title. Okay? Mm-hmm. We were apples upstairs. And all of a sudden, they called me and said, man, they put Lou out of the hotel. The uh, the hotel security. I said, well, why did they put uh, him out of the hotel? And they said they found some drugs and drug paraphernalia on his dresser. You know, I don't drink and I don't smoke. I don't do none of that. That's not my thing. My job is Badu Jack's head trainer. I don't drink and I don't smoke. I'm a Muslim. We don't do that. And when uh, they said they put him out of the hotel, and I said, oh, man, I hope this doesn't get back to uh, mm. to, the, to the camp where, listen, we're part of the money team. That's If Floyd, you know, has taken care of us, why would you want to – would you – want to destroy a thing that we're all a part of. 
what, you know, what? we're 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 representing Floyd at the fullest. That's, hmm. Floyd does the right thing by us. Right. You well, know, let's talk so a little bit about, about these guys from from the money team who you've worked with over the years. Do you think there was Ishe who's had plenty to say on social media regarding the situation between you and Badu, Jay Leon Love, Ladarius Miller? What part have they played in all this? You know, is there a problem with loyalty within the team? What is your take on working with those guys and and not working with them any longer? Well, listen, when Memphis law when when Memphis left me, his next fight he lost. You know, remember, he was just at my daughter's. Yeah, that's. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I don't have mm-hmm. nothing against these guys. If you want to leave me, go ahead. You know, as far as Ishe, he got the dog message behind him by Vonis Matarosian. <laughs> and it's so funny. I don't know how Vonis got my number, but he called me the other day. I said, man, look here, I'm thinking about switching trainers. Who you want to be my trainer? Wow. I mean, I was shocked. Ishe just don't have nothing else to do because his career is going around down the drain. He's on his last leg. You know, he's fighting a guy that's, you know, not a great fighter. So if he loses this one, he might as well, you know, look for something else to do. You know, I don't mind these guys leaving, but then they – Start lying, you know. And I, I didn't even ask Isha why did he leave me. I just kept it moving because, like I said, I get champions by, I get phone calls every day from great fighters all over the world, all over the world. So I don't worry about that. I don't even bring it to them, you know. Isha, for a guy to tell the world. If he wasn't world champion, he probably would have killed himself. So in reality, I saved his life. I took Ishe. He he was a curtain raiser. You know what a curtain raiser is? No. Can you explain that? What is that? A curtain raiser is a guy that opens a show. Oh. You know, like a four-rounder. Everybody that... I am, you know, the reason why he fired me because I didn't come in his room after he lost to Lara. Mm -hmm. And I have to tell him, sir, I had to come in your room. My bag was in your room. Where would you think I was going to get my bag? When he said that, I I was not in his room. My bag was in his room. You know, they say things when they have nothing else to say. Yeah, they start, it's like they start making these excuses. I want to talk about when you were a fighter because you come from a way different era. You know, this era of boxing, it's a modern thing. You know, fighters leave trainers all the time. You kind of come from an era where the guys rarely left their trainers, and it's kind of like you're from the area where you're really proud of the time that you fought in, and you kind of 
carry that torch today for your era. So when you were fighting, did you ever have to leave your team? Like, did you leave trainers or anybody? And if so, you know, what was the difference back then? Did you have to do that? No, not not at all. We, I've had, you know, some different trainers because, you know, I had Panama Lewis, but he oh. got in trouble. Mm-hmm. He got in trouble with uh, the uh, commissions. So I had to switch trainers. I didn't want to, but I had to. I had a great trainer, Chicky Ferrara, trained Muhammad Ali. Mm-hmm. Muhammad was my mentor. See, this is where I get that situation whereas I had plenty of times hung out with Ali and we talked a lot you know and he told me that I was going to be world champion I trained in his camp when I was preparing for the title I spent years with Muhammad Ali I went to his funeral consulting with his family you know they called me uncle you know what I'm saying so my roots are firmly planted person that helped me win a world title. You know, so these other guys, they don't know what loyalty is. Yeah, you know, I've talked to some old school guys, and the one thing that they have all said about you to me is that you were always very easy to work with, you know, as a fighter. And um, I've heard those really good stories about, you know, you went to Benny Briscoe's funeral, which, you know, that just speaks volumes of how proud you are of the era that you fought in. I mean, you flew in for Benny Briscoe's funeral when some Philly fighters that live in Philly didn't even go to it. You know, so I got to salute you for that. You're just very authentic. Thank you. Um, Listen, hmm. I'm a fighter. I don't claim to be nothing else. Now I'm a maker of champions. I don't claim to be nothing else. If you don't want to be with me, I got no problem with that. But the good thing is about my situation, my phone never stops ringing. Mm-hmm. I told you, Vonis Vonderose here called me. I don't know how he got my number. <laughs> Vonis got everybody's <laughs> number. No doubt. <laughs> yeah, well, he, he, he sure had Ishay's number when he whooped his behind the other day. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Eddie, you are just chock full yeah. of everything today, aren't you? So, well, so what? So what? I gotta defend myself. Yeah, you do. So what's next for you? What you know, moving on from Badu. I mean, it's a it's a sucky situation. What's next for for you, Eddie? I I got a bunch of guys coming in. I got brand new guys coming in. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I I am ecstatic to be working with some class guys. You know, and. I'm just going to continue to do what I do is make world champion. You know, there's one guy that I know that can be a world champion, but he's being blackballed by the industry. Oh. You know. Hello? Well, let me just, yeah, hello. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He says, let me tell you this here. <clears throat> He's being blackballed by the industry. Nobody wants to do anything with him. That is Michael Jones. Oh, Mike Jones, yeah. Mm-hmm. If, if I have to do anything, if I have to shell out my own money, I'm going to make Mike Jones make those people eat their words. You know, 
that's just how it is. I'm going to make those people eat their words. They talking about blackballing him. No, but, but, but him hanging out with me, there's no such thing as being blackballed. I'm not letting no black, nobody blackball him. He's a great fighter. You know, he's a great fighter. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to work. I'm going to work hard to get him in a position. I'm going to fly out to the WBC convention, talk to all of these Tulibar, and let him know that I am working with Michael Jones, and I'm going to get him fights to bring him back to where he left off at. Yeah, well, you know, Eddie, I'll be honest with you. Um, I'm from Philly, and I work closely with Russell Peltz, and I know that Russell Peltz always had a real soft spot for Mike Jones. And, you know, till this day, he always speaks highly of Mike Jones. And uh, I was kind of wondering, you know, where he's been. I heard he was back in Philly looking to fight, and I had no idea that he – is he back out in Vegas training with you now? He'll be back out in Vegas tomorrow. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, and I'm going to be working with him. I'm going to resurrect his career, and I'm going to make him champion. I heard that. All right. Jay, anything else for Eddie? One quick question I have for you, Eddie. You know, I follow you on Facebook, and I saw that your post about wanting to speak with the commission about creating some type of legislation or something to create some contracts between trainers and their athletes real briefly how in your mind what would be the perfect arrangement would it be fight fight by fight would it be longevity what would be perfect to you in terms of a contract between a trainer no i i think a fight by fight contract with with a trainer and uh, a fighter is is uh good you know because we're in the crosshairs of the situation. So we, I talked to Bob Bennett today, you know, because these are where a lot of the fights take place at. A lot of the big fights take place at. You know, I just want to keep it moving and protect all the fighters. And I'm going to name this piece of legislation the Bad Dude Jack. <laughs> You know, turn your back. <laughs> Don't give a hack. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, I see. I can laugh at this. I can laugh and joke at this. I don't yeah, care. you got to. Yeah, you got to. Right. Look, I brought Bad Dude Jack, but he was a curtain raiser. He didn't know a left hook from a fish hook. <laughs> you know, I took him. I took him all the way to the top. Nobody knew him when he got knocked out. Right, when he got knocked out, I told Badu, listen, I still believe in you. I still believe in you. Don't worry about nothing. I'll bring you all the way back. And I think it was three or four fights all the way back, became a world champion. And then for him to do that to me, hmm. God, dog, I'm your That's boss. a hurt piece. Right, I'm, I'm your Muslim brother. And you just turned your back on me. You know, that, that that hurt. And it wasn't about the money he's going to make. Because, I, look, I make money every day. You know, I'm straight. I don't believe in, you know, that crap. But what he did to me, you know, was crazy. You yeah. know, it's crazy. Eddie, you've made a lot of champions. Maybe you're just a little too expensive. Maybe you want to hold on to all these <laughs> earnings he's going to get. But listen, 
Oh, I charge a 10% title. I don't, my fee don't go up. It stays there. Yeah. Well, you know what? And, and we're and we're kind of joking, too. Like you said, we got to kind of laugh about it. Because you know what? When you're in those fights with four-rounders and six-rounders, you know, you're making 10% of nothing. And that's what a lot of people maybe don't realize is that, you know, you're getting scraps in the beginning, but you're putting in the work and you're building a champion. And, you know, when they do start making the bigger money, then, yeah, you do start reaping those benefits. But in the beginning, I mean, 10% of nothing is nothing, right? Right. Exactly. Yeah. You know, my friend, I had a friend of mine, he's he's deceased now, but he always told me one thing. He says, champ, you got to, he says, how do you work with your fighter? I said, man, I work hard, man. Every day I work hard. You know, I had two surgeries. I had a back surgery and I had hip surgery. So I hire other guys to, to with the hand pads. I can still do hand pads, but everybody, and, and the thing about it is I share the wealth. You got a guy that's a good mid man. Okay, well, you want to do miss for my guy? No problem. We, you know, we, we get some money to you, no problem. And so that goes to show you that these people think I cannot do mitts. But it's crazy. I can still do mitts and all yeah, that stuff. Eddie, don't, but don't you think mitt work is a bit too glorified these days? I mean, all this fancy mitt work, I mean, they're not doing that in the ring anyway. I mean, I read that all the time. Oh, he couldn't, you know, do mitt work with me. And I'm like, well, a lot of old school fighters didn't do all that fancy mitt work anyway. Exactly, and I try to tell them this. I said, listen, the pads don't hit back. You know, you going in there trying to look all fancy, this and that. Why would, you know, you don't fight like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I said, you guys don't fight like that. That's crazy. You know, but it, it makes me laugh. All these guys that think they know it all. I said, let me tell you something, sir. What I forgot, you don't know. And remember, <laughs> <laughs> I taught you all you know, but I never taught you all I know. You know, I took Ishe Smith, who was, I think he lost a few fights in a row. He asked me to train him. I said, no problem. Let me train you. We went to Brooklyn and fought one of our main events, Rising Stars. I forgot his name. And this is this guy's hometown. Uh, we went out there. And Ishe beat him. I told Ishe how to beat him, and we beat this guy easy. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I was Ishe and I was on top of the world. You couldn't tell him nothing, <laughs> you know. And we get a world title fight in Detroit. Yeah, beat him, beat him easy, and now oh, we on top of the world again. Ishe was a curtain raiser. You know what I'm saying? He wasn't supposed to win those two fights, but again, he won. He's world champion. But I seen it coming. But I still didn't need no contract. Who in the hell would ever think he would become a world champion, Ishe Smith? You know, nobody ever thought he would become a world champion. But this is what I do. I make world champions. But for them, to treat me like this here, you know, I just say, well, it is what it is. But I never said anything. I just did what I had to do and keep producing world champions. Then, back to Jack. 
Now, this is when Floyd starts the money team. Mm-hmm. And I told Floyd, I said, Floyd, I'm going to make you a world champion. And I'm going to make you another world champion. I said, I, I can make you world champions for years. Mm-hmm. You know, I got guys in Floyd's gym right now are in line to be world champions. You know, one guy told me today that's on the money team, he said, Coach, I'll never leave you. He said, I'll never leave you. You know, we're going to be together until the end. And I believed him. I believed him. Hmm. You know, so well, I told him, no, I'm not worried about nothing. Mm-hmm. It has been an absolute pleasure talking with you tonight. We have learned a lot about the making of a champion, and I'm so glad to find out that you are a man that spreads the wealth because we are poor here at the Ruckus. So when you feel like spreading the wealth with the radio show, you make sure you give us a call. So, so once again, thank you so much for chatting with us tonight. We definitely wanted to get your side of the story, and we wish you continued success, and we're excited to see what your next move is going to be. Well, listen. There's three sides to every story. Always remember that. Mm-hmm. His side, my side, and the truth. And when you flip it around, shake it up and down, my side is always going to come out on top. All right. Ladies, it was a pleasure. Uh, All right. Enjoy your, your night. Take it easy. All right. We'll talk soon, Eddie. Thanks. Okay. All right. Eddie over there dropping bars. Ain't worried about nothing. Nigga ain't worried about nothing. We're going to take a quick commercial break and we will be back to pick up the rest of the show. Rock with the morning punching show with RBNJ. Call in at 718 508 9852. Press 1 to speak your piece. Monday mornings from 8 to 9. Real topics, real reactions, real talk. Only with RBNJ on the morning punching show. And we are back. You are listening to the Ruckus Podcast with RB and J. RB, Eddie Mustafa Muhammad was, man, he was giving us a whole lot to work with. He he was cooking. He gave us so much. Uh, Many times, Jay, me and you were just completely speechless. Um, We're just taking it all in, and obviously he's hurt. And, you know, I think he was really angry on Facebook, but I think we were able to disarm him a little bit to get the real story and the facts out of him. And I think at the end of the day, we just heard that he's hurt. You know, he considers right. Badu family. That's his Muslim brother. And his feelings are hurt. That's right. And he's still he's still mad. If you go on Facebook, he's still cooking on Facebook. That man mad. Yeah. And he's hurt. He's going through them five stages of grief, but Hopefully, they'll be able to get to a place where they can just dap each other because they will cross paths again. Badu Jack still fights for the money fee. Eddie still trains for them. They're going to cross paths again. Yeah, well, you know, I have to say this. I was talking to another trainer this morning about this situation because he saw that Eddie was going to be on our show tonight, so he called me. And, you know, we were pretty much in agreement. Like, you know, sometimes you fall out with people in this industry And sometimes it's best just not to say anything because you never know when you're going to work with these people again. So let's say, for example, uh, this guy, Louis Devide, let's say he does get arrested. Let's say he does go to rehab. And let's say Badu wants to come back to Eddie Mustafa. Well, the relationship is probably ruined now. 
You know, everything on social media, everything that was said, you know, would, would Badu even go back to Eddie Mustafa now? Probably not. Right. The same thing happened with Gabe Rosado and Billy Briscoe. They had a bad breakup, and Billy said a lot of things, and it was really hurtful. And when Gabe needed another trainer, he said, I can't go back to Billy. Billy said so much stuff. So I guess the lesson is sometimes just keep it in, pray about it, and you just never know when you're going to have to work with somebody again. You know, keep keep the door open, even when it hurts. Yeah, and meet up with RB and Jay at the tequila spot in the MGM. We'll talk it out with you. And just to be on the fair side, we did reach out to Badu Jack because, you know, on this show, we always yeah. like to give you both sides of the story. They declined to do an interview with this, with us at this time. But if you would mm-hmm. like to read Badu Jack's uh, side of the story, make sure you visit fighthype.com. He did an extensive interview with them so you can hear directly from Badu what he feels on the situation. So we're going to pray for those dudes and see what happens because of that. But now, RB, we turn to current boxing and what fights are happening this weekend. So let's get into some fight predictions. I wish I had some cool music that was like, you know, to announce that we're going to do some fight predictions. I got to work on that. So let's jump right into what's happening this Friday. PBC on Spike from Reading, 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 Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The highly anticipated rematch, the rematch that you all have been waiting for. Danny Jacobs versus Sergio Mora for the WBA regular middleweight title. De-recognize the WBA. I know you all have been waiting for this rematch. In case you missed it the first time around, Sergio Mora hurt his ankle or his calf or something with his leg. His back was broke, spinal. Something happened to end that fight early. I think it was his ankle. And so now... After all this time, they are getting back into the ring with each other. Danny Jacobs versus Sergio Mora. Will his back get broken, his ankle get broken this time around too, RB? I think Danny Jacobs is going to make very easy work of this rematch with Sergio Mora. Um, I think that we'll see a lot less fireworks this time around. I don't think we'll see double knockdowns or anything like that. Jacobs, my prediction is he'll get him out of there in less than six rounds this fight. My prediction for Danny Danny Jacobs, Daniel Jacobs versus Sergio Mora. I, too, believe that Daniel Jacobs will be the victor in this fight. I think it's going to go the distance. I think Sergio Mora is going to channel that dog that he has in him, and I think he's going to take uh, Jacobs the distance, but I see Jacobs getting a unanimous decision win. So He got the early stoppage. I got the uh, distance fight, so we shall see how it plays out. The fight on the card that most people are looking forward to, a competitive fight between Richard Comedy versus Robert E. Bunny Easter for the vacant IBF lightweight title. RB, Comedy versus Easter, what do you think? Oh, I love, love, love this fight. This is the fight I'm probably uh, most looking forward to. So Robert Easter versus Richard Comedy, they're going to meet in the co-feature. The matchup is for the vacant IBF lightweight title. Robert Easter, he has trained in Washington, D.C., his last five fights, but he went back home to Toledo, Ohio, to prepare for this big clash with Ghana's Richard Comney. Um, He's under the guidance of his father, Robert Easter Sr. Comney has based himself out of the U.K. for the past few years, and he's a really hard-punching dude. I think it's going to be a really good fight. Both of the fighters are really extremely fresh. I think Comney is going to 
He's, he's going to be required to fight like at a really high tempo right from the start. I think Easter is going to just be too sharp, too accurate. I think we're going to see him really comfortable in there after a few rounds. And I foresee him winning on points a lot wider than most people think. I think this fight is going to be a great fight. I think this is going to be Easter's first real coming out party to show the fighter that he really is. He is a, a young kid, a hungry kid. He's going to be precise. He's going to be surgical. And I predict the early one. I'm going to, I'm going to say six rounds. I say go six rounds. Ooh. Yeah. I think I'd it's like going that. Hey, I'd like to listen, see him win. Yeah, we like Robert Easter. I want to see him win. And when I say see him win, I don't just mean his next fight. Like, I like Robert Easter. I want to see him make it. Like, I want to see him winning, you know, a Mm -hmm. lot. I I like him. I like watching him. I love his Instagram. I think he's just really funny, and I think his style is really fun. He could bang. He could box. Uh, I like the kid. Yeah, he's got that good good height. He's got... He's technically sound. He's got some good power at his weight. He doesn't look like he has any problems making weight. So I look for Robert Easter to, you know, introduce himself in a real way this mm-hmm. weekend. Let's look. Let's move on to Saturday. HBO from London, from across the pond. Gennady Golovkin will take on a very chubby Kell Brook. Well, let me leave Kell Brook alone. But when they were a week out, Kell Brook was still seven pounds up, and I think Triple G was only like two pounds up. But they will be facing off for Gennady's uh, WBC IBF title. The WBA would not sanction this fight. The WBA actually didn't sanction something. They turned down some money. Shocking. So we have this fight. Come Come on. I mean... With all due respect to Kell Brook, I think Kell Brook is talented, but does anybody really see Kell Brook defeating Gennady Golovkin? I'm going to give Kell Brook like six rounds. Kell Brook is sharp and he's technical and he's sound, but I think each fight, even though Golovkin gets older, Golovkin gets better. So anything that he's losing in terms of things that you use due to age, he's picking up an IQ, his ability to cut off the ring, his footwork gets better every fight. I think Golovkin gets him out of there in five rounds. RB. Golovkin Brook. So, Kell Brook is moving up two weight classes. We know this. Um, but take that with a grain of salt. Most fighters play the division too small anyway, and they struggle to get there. Kell Brook has a shot, Jay. He has two legs, two arms, and two hands. Okay, so he's That's got right. a shot in the fight. Yep. Um, expect him to take some early rounds like Amir Khan took from Canelo. The smaller guy usually takes the earlier rounds until the bigger guy catches his rhythm and slows him down, you know? So Triple G, he's not a speedster. He has average speed. He's going to have to adjust, and he will adjust. Kasim Uma was wearing Triple Triple G down years ago um, until Triple G was able to adjust. Um, I don't think that Kell Brook's going to get clipped early. I see this going into the second half of the fight. If it does end up going into the second half or going the distance, make sure you remember who said it here first. More fighters are going to be way more willing to fight Golovkin next. I don't think Brooke is going to go out like a light if he, if, if, you know, he gets cracked early. I think he's going to put up a good fight. I do see Golovkin winning, though. Wouldn't it be crazy if we had some type of freak occurrence where Kelby didn't wait? Uh, what was that? I said, wouldn't it be crazy if we had some freak occurrence that Kell Brook didn't make a 160 for Saturday? 
we know that's not going to happen, but I mean, yeah. it could. you never know. It's a big boy. Hey, Jay, hey, Jay uh, before we move on, Badu Jack just hit me up. Excellent. And uh, yeah, he said, if you have any questions about Lou Devise, ask anyone from Mayweather's gym. They know. People from the outside know nothing. And uh, I did let Badu know that we reached out to his side and we wanted to talk to him and or Lou Devise, and it was declined. And we did try to be very fair. And we did suggest on the show and on social media that people read Badu Jack's side of the story on FightHype.com. We sure did. wanted to make that very clear. Absolutely. We don't take sides on the show. We just want to get the story and we want to bring the story to you. And they are always welcome here. We would love to talk to them. I've talked to Badu Jack in Vegas before. I think it was a gross fight. Always respectable, great guy. So we would love to hear his side of the story. But he's already spoken his piece. His uh, side turned us down. But if he changes his mind since he's sitting on Twitter, he is more than welcome to call in. That number is 718-508-9852. So we would love to hear his side of the story. And... That's all we can do. We divide it to anybody. We're not making this stuff up. We're just providing the platform so you can get the story and make your own decisions about what's happening. But we are down to six minutes left in the show, so let's move it on along. RB, you coming to my hood? Whoop, 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 because you're coming to Inglewood for the fight. Roman Chocolatito Gonzalez, the WBC flyweight champion, versus Carlos Quadras, the WBC super flyweight champion. They are fighting for Quadras' title, Chocolatito moving up in weight. Chocolatito, besides being the smaller fighter, is still the overwhelming favorite in this bout, but this is going to be a competitive scrap. If anybody thinks this is going to be a cakewalk for Chocolatito, you are sadly mistaken. I don't know how to call this fight. (laughs) R.B. Uh, Well, here's my issue with Chocolatito is that whether it's the beginning of camp or the end of camp, he is always wearing that sweat sauna plastic suit. So we know Mm -hmm. that he's really having issues still making this lower weight. And I think his last fight, we saw that that weight loss struggle did affect him in that fight. I mean, he, you know, obviously won and looked good and all, but, you know, we saw that he was struggling in that fight. And I think we're going to see that again. I think he's going to pull it off. But Quadras, he's a legit threat. And he's going to put up a really good fight, and Chocolatito is going to have to work every single round for this win. It's going to be a tough, hard-fought battle. Nicaragua versus Mexico. Cuadras is a is a great dude, a lot of personality, but he's got a tall order ahead of him, or a short order, depending on how you look at Chocolatito. I'm going to predict Chocolatito for the win, but I'm just sure. I'm just not sure what round it's going to be. I think it's going to be in the late rounds. I don't believe it's going to be our early stoppage for him. I don't want to say unanimous decision. I'm going to say late, very late stoppage. Hmm. So let well, us. Well I'll, well, I'll tell you, I'm traveling to Inglewood for Chocolatito. <laughs> it was on my bucket list that I had to see him fight, and he is travel worthy. We can't say that about many fighters, but he is. Yes, he most definitely is. Also, card, Jesus Sotokaras versus Yoshihiro Kamagai, a rematch. Their first fight was at LA Fight Club at the Velasco Theater here in April. It They fought to a draw, but this time around, 
I'm going to have to side with the timeline. Don't kill me. I'm going to have to side with Yoshihiro Kamagai. I just think he has far less miles on him than Jesus Sotokaras, and I think that he's going to pull out the win by decision. You know, I, I like... I like your prediction there. I think you're right. Soto Cross does have a lot of miles on him, and uh, their last fight was a war. And I think it's awesome that HBO picked up the rematch, and hopefully it'll be just as exciting, but I'm not so quite sure it's going to be the same type of fight. I agree with you, Jay. All right. Well, that is it for our predictions. Of course, uh, I'll jump right into the weekend fight schedule. There are lots of boxing on just for the – sake of the length of the show, we just wanted to touch upon the main fights that are happening this weekend, but to give you the weekend fight schedule, we have about two minutes left. Once again, on Friday from Reading, Pennsylvania, PBC on Spike, Danny Jacobs versus Sergio Moore in a rematch for Jacobs' WBA regular middleweight title. I think I read something before I jumped on the air that says should Jacobs be successful, he will be mandated to fight against Triple G in his next bout. So we will see how that goes. Richard Comney versus Robert Easter for the vacant IBS lightweight title. Kermit Centron is also fighting on that car because it's in Reading, so of course. Also happening this weekend on Friday on CBS Sportsnet, Emmanuel Robles will be fighting against Steve Claggett and Roland Garza versus Neko Macias in the co-feature. Uh, overseas, not on broadcast, there is an IBF Junior welterweight title fight between Troyevnovsky versus Obara. So if you're into that, if you can get the Russian fight on TV, by all means do so. And a split broadcast on HBO on Saturday, live from London, Gennady Golovkin versus Kel Brook for Golovkin's various titles, minus the WBA title. In the co-feature, Bout Lee Haskins will be fighting against Stuart Hall for Haskins' IBA, IBF Bantamweight title. And John Riel Casimiro versus Charlie Edwards for Casimiro's IBF flyweight title. Could be a future opponent for Chocolatito, so we shall see. And also from Inglewood, the second part of the broadcast in my hood, Carlos Quadras versus Roman Gonzalez for the WBCA uh, super flyweight title. Yoshihiro Kamagai versus Jesus Sotokaras. Uh, shout out to Sinisa Estrada. She'll be fighting against Nancy Franco on that card. She is really making some moves in women's boxing and it's good to see her land on another card. And also on Saturday, if you've got it, on Unamas, Andy Ruiz versus Franklin, Franklin Lawrence. And Ray Beltran is making his comeback. He's fighting against Thomas Mendez, and then Daniel Valdivia is fighting against Gilberto Pereira. I like that kid, Daniel Valdivia. Nice kid. So that is your weekend fight schedule. And we made it, RB, with just one minute. 12, 11 seconds. Too. We got one minute left. We're too good. Man, we too sharp. We too sharp. They're not ready. They don't want it. So Make once sure again, thank you for They should. And if you are in LA, Inglewood, Hawthorne, Gardena, the greater metro area, or you traveling to the Southland, find me an RB. We will be filming, jaywalking. We will be playing some know it or blow it. We're going to do all kind of fine stuff. You know, worst case scenario, get RB a skinny margarita and get your girl uh, a goose gimlet, and uh, we're going to chop it up and watch some boxing and have a great time. RB? I'm looking forward to you coming out here. See you tomorrow, Jay. Have a good one, everyone. Good night. Good night.